0: Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Well, we've been kind of last week and this week kind of narrowing in on this figure of Peter, and actually it's all the same chapter in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. So if you remember last week, Jesus asked the apostles, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Like Jesus saying, like, you got it. Nice. This week you have Peter, and Jesus says, uh, get behind me, Satan. You're an obstacle to me. All right? So way to go, Peter. Get behind me, Peter. And if you were to have your Bibles here and read the very next section in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up a high mountain, and his divine glory is manifested through his humanity. Peter's high, Peter's low, Peter's high again. And in it all, Jesus doesn't withdraw his love. Jesus isn't fickle. He's not... Moody, he doesn't sometimes love us, sometimes not. He's all in to work with Peter. When Peter's nailing it, getting the right answers, you are Christ, he goes, yes. When Peter's messing up, Jesus doesn't say, get away from me, Satan. He says, get behind me. Meaning, Peter, you've pulled me to the side and you're in front of me telling me how to live my life. No, 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 I have a a role for you. You're a disciple. Disciples follow. They don't lead. You have to get behind me. You're meant to imitate me. I'm not meant to imitate you. And then in the next chapter in this gospel, he takes him up a high mountain to be alone in prayer with him, still inviting him into the intimacies of the Trinity and Jesus' own life of prayer and glory and divine life, still sharing it. See, Jesus isn't withdrawing because Peter's making mistakes and sinning and hard-headed and getting it wrong and then getting it right. Jesus really loves Peter and wants to work with him because Jesus knows what he can make with Peter. Something astonishingly beautiful. You and I are Peter. Sometimes we're getting it right, and Jesus says, yes, Sometimes we're messing up and he has to correct us, but he doesn't correct us like a a moody, broken, arrogant, maybe coach or teacher, or maybe at times we want to correct our friends out of pettiness, and I'm right, you're wrong, or maybe parents are exhausted and they take it out on kids, or things like that. No, it's out of great love and affection. Out of great desire, Jesus wants to keep us in the right place, saying, no, no, no. I want you to come fully alive, but by imitating me, because I can share with you the love of the Father. I can give you life of all the peace and gentleness that's in the sacred heart. Jesus wants to put it in your heart. Pope Francis has this line early on in his papacy. He said, God never tires of forgiving. It's we who tire of asking for forgiveness. We get weary by our brokenness and sins. We get exhausted by dealing with other people's brokenness. And so we want to write people off. We want to say, I'm done. Or we just kind of cope with certain behaviors, patterns of thinking, our own sins. And we start to narrow down what Jesus has dreamt up for you and me. Instead of going to confession, we go, what's the point that sin never goes away? I'm fine. Instead of daily prayer, seeking him, and carving out times, and we say, well, we're so busy. Are we too busy for God? Even five, ten minutes of alone with God can flood us with this sense that he is committed to you and me. Do we turn back to him the moment we realize, oh man, I'm messing up, turn back immediately or do we get all the more stubborn and say, well, that's life, what are you going to do? I'm no saint, that's that. She's like, I have so much beauty and power to share with you by name. The word isn't used as often right now as it was maybe a year or two ago, but We live in what's called the cancel culture. The basic message of the cancel culture is this. If you don't act or believe the way I want you to, I destroy relationship with you. I End relationship. I either unfriend you on Facebook, I stop following you, I stop calling you, you're no longer family, we no longer get together, I shun you. In essence, you're dead to me. Because I don't like what you believe, what you say what you think or what you do now this is different than abusive relationships okay abusive relationship we need to get out of but sometimes we just find them annoying or the normal everyday course of just being hurt but notice what that teaches us is that life is so fragile. We're constantly on guard and vigilant. Either we become very haughty and arrogant and stubborn in our ideas, like, I don't care if you like it. That's what I think. Or we're constantly nervous. What do I say here? Can I have my own thoughts and beliefs or are they going to leave me? And it's constantly, our hearts are constantly, what's happening? We're made for such greater stability. When I was younger and I used to hear that God is unchanging, I used to think, oh great, he's boring. But you start realizing changing every two seconds and every circumstance, every situation, is not only exhausting, it makes you feel insecure. Will someone love me even if I let them know everything? Will they love me enough to work with me, to help me grow? Will someone walk with me and still believe in me? Or will love be withdrawn the first moment I show a weakness or something they don't believe? What Jesus says about going to the cross, what he's trying to say is listen, I need to go to the place that is the darkest, the most God forsaken in this world. And in the first century, that was represented by the cross. He says, I want to go there so that you know I love you to the limits. That there's no place I won't go to love you and bless you and work with you. In the relationship with you and God, God's never the one holding back. God's never the one withdrawing. He's always going all the way in. That's why the crucifix is so beautiful. In the first century, this would be weird. That's an instrument of Roman torture to show how powerful they were. They put men and at times women on a cross to show the world we're in charge. You thought that man was going to have power? Look at the power we have. But God transformed that symbol of arrogant power and reveals what real power is, love. The kind of love that imitates God that says, this is everything I am given for you. Jesus lived every moment like that and he wants to live that way for you and me. And what he wants to draw out of us are the places that we're hiding because we feel like this is not going to be loved or this is the very reason why I wouldn't want to be with someone and it's in me. There's no way he could love me still or want to walk with me or believe in me or fill me with all the goodness and glory that I hope my life would be one day. That's precisely what the apostles and every saint began to learn. Eventually they realized, he loves me and I don't know why. And he's not going anywhere. And all I have to do is keep turning back to him. St. Faustina wrote The Divine Mercy. And it was, she was in early 20th century Poland, about an hour drive from Auschwitz. And why the terribleness of Auschwitz going on, about an hour away in this little convent, this Polish nun was seeing visions of Jesus and he was telling the whole world through her things like, I do not want to condemn modern man. I want to draw close and snuggle with them. He used the word snuggle. That's Jesus. See the affection he has for us? Another time he said, my, ocean, my mercy is an infinite ocean, meaning God has no edges. And everybody here is someone God loves. Every one of you. He at times has to correct you like Peter, but he doesn't say get away. He says get the relationship right. Get behind, meaning let me lead you. Imitate me. Let me form you in who you are and who God is so you can have peace. This is the work of Jesus and the church. And so perhaps this Labor Day weekend when we're afforded a a little holiday tomorrow, most of us, maybe take a little more time and just avail yourself to one who already knows you. He speaks to you by name. Like By name, it's that personal. He loves you, and he enjoys working with the mess that you and I are. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brecksville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.